Well, it's a good thing I don't do too much of current events because I'm probably about a month ahead of schedule right now. Well, it's time for story number 25 nonetheless. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hello everyone, it's Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Man, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm a little bit ahead of schedule, but that's okay because I've got a lot of things that I'm working on lately. So much so that I probably wouldn't have as much time as I would like to do shows on a weekly basis if I didn't put them in groups. Clump them together. Just sit down and record maybe two, three, four shows at a time. That way... They're finished, and they're done, so I can then work on the other things that I'm in the middle of working on. Which, of course, one of those things, I mentioned it in one of the previous shows that I'm working on a new segment that's coming up. But that segment's going to come out around the same time I tell everybody what that job was that I did prior to this right now. I never mentioned it before, but... I've said it before recently that a time is coming in the next few weeks. In fact, as I record this episode right now, there's a really good chance that I will be free and able to speak about this job. And I can't wait because it's going to open up a lot more content that I wasn't able to do before. And like I said, it's going to create a whole new segment. And I can't wait for it. I've been working on some of the pieces for that segment. So, well, yeah, the show's going to be a little bit longer. But I think that in the long game, as I look at it, it it could be a little bit more entertaining because of this new segment that I'm going to add. Hopefully, when the time comes, you will agree with me. And this segment will be a winner and stick around. Um, Speaking of winners and people who are sticking around... Jessica and Greg Holmes, I know, like I said, as I'm recording right now, it's June 17th, um, no, is it June 17th or June 18th, maybe, well, I'm way off of the date, it's actually June 24th, turns out that the episode that I'm doing right now isn't going to come out until July, And as I record, the episode with my daughter, Aurora, in her second interview, is actually coming out today. That's the new show for the day that I'm actually recording this show. Which, again, like I said, is not going to come out until middle of July. But that's okay. Um, Jessica and Greg Holmes, I listened to your show as I'm recording now, and boy, I liked it. Like, I like all your shows. I know that it's just one of those situations where you have, just like me, a lot of stuff going on, and you're able to record when you can record. Totally understandable. Whatever you do, don't stop recording. Because if nothing else, you've got me eagerly awaiting for the next episode every single time. And I'll wait as long as it takes. If you don't have to put another episode out for another three months, guess what? I'll be right there waiting for that episode to drop eagerly. Just please, whatever you do, don't stop doing it. Because 
it's good stuff. It really is entertaining. And I hope that you understand that. Thank you for what you're doing. It's great stuff. Keep it up. As far as the stuff that I'm doing, like I said, still want to keep it a little bit close to the vest still because I'm recording so early and some of the stuff that I'm looking and waiting to do has yet to be completed to the point that I want to actually talk about it yet. But I can promise you when I talk about it, I'm going to enjoy talking about it, and hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it. One of those things is going to actually be an entire episode on that job that I have slash about to put behind me. And I think that it'll be fun for you to listen to it, and I think, like I said, the new segment that's going to come along because of that will be equally as fun. But as for now... Story 25 is about to start. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Story number 25. Here we go. I think these are pretty fun. And some of them are, how can I say, inspiring. Very inspiring. At least this one is. First one I'm going to talk about. I think is really kind of inspiring. It makes you think about your fellow man a little differently. And I know it definitely makes me think of that way. I'm not all the time the kind of person who would do this. Now, if this story was, say, a what would you do episode, I would probably get looked at as maybe not the best human in the world. But the person that this story is about, well... They're going to come out looking like an absolute superhero. I love this. Turns out that I'm talking about my birthday again, which was May 5th. Enjoyed it. Had a great time. My wife and a couple of her friends went to go shopping at the Philadelphia outlet, which is probably about an hour and some change away from the house. She comes back home, and she gets a lot of shoes. Got me some shoes, got all three kids new pairs of shoes. And we all tried them, and everybody's fit except for my daughter Maggie's, the little one. Her shoes were actually too small, which she was really happy about because she's the smallest one in the house, and she likes to, and she wants to grow <laughs> because everybody else is so much taller than she is. And she was really kind of happy that her shoes didn't fit. Because that meant that, well, she's growing. And so, my wife was looking at it and had the receipt and said, well, really not doing much the next day. So, what we're going to go do is, we're going to go back and we're going to return these shoes. In the process of returning these shoes, going to look around a little bit, make a day out of it. And so... We drove, like I said, it was probably an hour and a half, maybe a little more, to get to the Philadelphia outlets. We're walking around, just having a good time, you know. We go to the store to drop off those shoes, come out with the ones that fit the kid, and Maggie was very happy. My son and, well, Matthew and Aurora 
We're like, wow, that's a Croc store. Let's go check that store out. So we stopped in that store. That's old Crocs. We were in there a little while. Um, picked out some Crocs. Everybody got a pair of Crocs. And they were all real happy to have those Crocs. Because I don't get them. I probably never will get them. Maybe I'm just too old to get them. Or just, I don't know. But I don't get Crocs. And so... As a result, they got them. They enjoyed them. You know, it was a good time. And we walked around, kept going. We got some pretzels and some lemonade. Um, stopped in a few other stores. Um, one of the stores I liked a lot, a lot was this store that was um, that sold sports paraphernalia and trading cards. Slightly interesting, I would have to say. That's an understatement. I loved it. Saw a bunch of cards that I would really want to go back and dive on. And put them in part of the collection. And then I also found that they would grade a few cards. And I've got a lot of Emmett Smiths and a lot of opportunity to grade. Just to see what they would look like. Just curiosity, you know. Plus, of course, it would increase their value a little bit if they graded highly. Which, of course, is the benefit of grading them. So that's kind of what I'd want to do. After we left that store, we again, we walked around to a few others. And everybody got hungry for not just those pretzels or the lemonade. Actually really hungry. So we ran into the food court. Now, while in the food court, we looked around. Turned out we just said to everybody, what does everybody want? And... Interestingly enough, pretty much everybody wanted something different. And so, we broke it down in that way. Uh, me and Aurora wanted Wendy's, so I went and picked that up. Uh, Maggie and my wife wanted... I believe it was Chinese food that was in that one spot that they wanted. And of all things, which is very interesting because he just hadn't had one in a while and he really wanted one, was... Matthew ordered, wanted a salad from the salad bar that was over there. So we're all sitting down. We're all eating our stuff. Just talking. You know, just being out and about. Doing our little fun-filled adventure that it was. And we have all these bags of all this stuff. And herein comes the story. Of course... The kids were so super obsessed about the Crocs. They grabbed all the Crocs. We didn't finish all the stuff. Like I can believe Matthew had some of his salad left. And my wife and Maggie had some of their Chinese. Me and Aurora ate all of our Wendy's and we were done with it. I went over to get a smoothie for the wife. She wanted to try one that they had at this one smoothie stop that was in there. Went and grabbed that. By this point in time, we had cleaned off the table, got rid of all our trash. And we were ready to leave. Picked up everything we had, or so we thought, and started walking out of the food court because we were on our way home. We were done. We were about to leave. And we started moving down the corridor of this really, really vast outdoor outlet and probably got, I'm going to say, half a football field away. Decent enough distance where we were not really in sight. 
at first, but not so far away that we were pretty much out of the out of the outlet. And here comes this dude running up behind us. And he goes, hey, 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 hey. Turn around. And he's like, he's talking to us. He goes, you guys left these shoes there. And it was pretty cool what he did. He, he handed back the shoes. He gave us the bag of shoes. And now, it wasn't any shoes. It wasn't the Crocs that we just bought. It was the shoes that we originally went to the outlet to return. The whole purpose for the trip was to return these shoes and to get another size that fit Maggie so that she would have the shoes that would fit better. And here we are, leaving, and we left them. Almost completely negated the entire trip. <laughs> but this guy didn't think anything of it. Left his whole family, and like I said, he ran probably 50 yards, half a football field, to catch up with us, to give us that bag bag. Didn't think anything of it. He ran up to us. He gave us the bag. He says, Whew, glad I caught you. Here you go. Have a nice day. And he turned around before we could even acknowledge that he even gave us the bag. He was gone. Went back to his family because, like I said, they, it was the food court. And he had just sat down and he was getting ready to eat himself. That was really, really cool that he did that. And, I mean, we barely even got a chance to thank the guy. That was really cool. And like I said, if it was that show, What Would You Do? There's probably, let's face it, most people, I believe anyway, most people would be like, ah, look at this, bag full of shoes. I had a real small, nobody can wear these. Oh, well, we'll just leave them. No big deal. Who cares? We did see the people who left them, but not our problem. This guy didn't think of that. He didn't think that it was going to be robbery of his time to actually get up and follow us and see if he could catch us. And I personally don't believe that most people would do that. But he did. And that definitely deserves to be commended. And I don't know if you listening right now or if you even remember the story, because by now, as I record this and as it's being released... It would have been over two months ago. And probably the way this person was, probably wouldn't even remember the act that he did because he was so just willing to do it. But if you're out there and you're listening, I'd just like to say thank you. Next story. Well, this one is kind of fun because on an episode that I did earlier... Just talking number five, I mentioned the fact that that episode was number 110 out of all the episodes that I've done, and that sparked a memory that almost made me tell a story, since I was just talking anyway. I almost told a story about the number 110 that popped in my mind right then and there, but recognizing that I was going to be making this episode here at 112... Being a story episode, I chose to do, I'm not going to say the lazy thing, but it was sort of taking notes on the fly and realizing, well, hey, this is a story I can tell, so I'll tell this story on that story episode. Save me some trouble, right? Right. A little bit of content, easier to use. Why 
put everything in one spot when it didn't have to be, because that wasn't really the nature of that show. It was just sort of just a random sort of hodgepodge worth of stuff. But this one is more focused on stories, and so here comes a story. And the number 110 is the focus. Now, I know nowadays, probably for the last, safely, easily, the last 20 years, maybe 15, if I'm exaggerating it a little bit much, whenever you go to apply to a job, you have to go online and make the application. I know that in the past, like, all the jobs I had from high school, when I got out of high school, all the way up till probably, when was the last time I physically filled out a paper application? I guess it was 2009 was the last time I did it, when I was working at one of the shops that I was working at, they still had the paper application. And it was weird how that worked out. You, you went in and you just sort of talked to the boss in an interview and he would hire you then. And you just filled out the paperwork whenever you got in there. It was pretty laid back in that sense. But during these paper applications, when I was in management, when I was working at a convenience store, I had a very interesting, how can I put it, spot or position in that lower management level because the store manager was an interesting guy and one of the things that his thought process was, even though that me and a few of my other colleagues were a lower level of management, not necessarily hiring managers, we would be the first line of defense a lot of times, if that makes any sense to say. But somebody would come in and typically ask for one of those applications to see about getting a job at this convenience store. And so rather than actually just giving the person the application and um, having them fill it out and bring it back and have the manager actually go through it and, well, what I would say, do his job, evaluate what he saw in the paper and decide whether or not to actually give the person the formal interview. What he would do is he told us to do somewhat of a pre-interview on the people who came to the door. There are certain things that we would look for and again, I'm not saying that it was probably ethical and heck, it probably wasn't even legal when you think about it, but certain stuff like, um, how they appeared when they came in, if they were a little bit on the crazy side, if we noticed that, if we saw that the person was say, if it was somebody who was a regular customer who we always thought was a little bit off, if that's a good word to use. Somebody that we wouldn't think would actually, I'm doing air quotes right now, fit into the workspace that we have already established. Um, if the person is somebody that we wouldn't think 
would work with us well or we wouldn't want to work with. The store manager gave us this approval and said, you just take, give them that application, tell them to fill it out, bring it back as soon as I can. And most of the time he was telling us to tell that person, hey, there's some time here. You can just go work, go over to the counter over there where the coffee was and we can give you a pen or whatever it was. And you could fill out that paperwork right here, right now, because it wasn't a whole lot on the paper application to fill out. And the manager told us to say, well, there was a spot for some references. And he said, don't worry about the references if you don't have them. Um, especially if it's somebody that we deemed, quote unquote, here comes the air quotes again, unworthy of working with us. If that was the case, just tell the person, don't matter about the references, um, just write it down. We'll give it to the store manager. And after he looks at it, he'll then give you a call. And if he feels that you're somebody that he would want to hire, or at least give you the interview, he would give you the application back so that he could get the references filled out yeah that's, that's kind of way that rolled and now we're getting to the point of what the manager wanted us to do in order to complete the pre-interview what he told me I can't speak for the others but I know that the way this guy was he would certainly want to keep a uniformity and a, a consistency with all the management, that way his job would be a little bit easier, right? Right. So what he told me was, very specifically, when you get the interviewee to fill out the application, if you think this person is worthy, which of course isn't my job, I mean, he's not, I'm not the person who's the hiring manager, I don't know this person from a can of paint. And admittedly, right now, I have several cans of paint inside my sheds here at the house. But it was given to me and some of my colleagues the responsibility to pre-assess this individual and decide whether or not it was even worthy for this person to have an interview. Now, I know that that's literally taking a book and judging it by the cover because that's pretty much what we were doing. We would see people come in from all over the place because I lived in a shore town, real close to the shore, not very far at all, maybe from where I, the building was, 15 miles away from the beach. All kinds of people all kinds of ethnicities, all kinds of stuff going on. And I know that the policies were kind of strict as far as dress. It, it, like you get where you had to wear your uniform. But more interestingly enough, there was, um, at the time in that place, there was some tattoo restrictions and some piercing restrictions and some facial hair restrictions, which I'm not going to be the first one to tell you this, but it really, really makes me mad that I had to shave for about eight years every couple days in order to do this job where now I've gone into the place and dudes have ZZ top beards pretty much. It really makes me mad. But that's a side note. 
what the manager told us to do if we deemed the person was acceptable was to just kind of put a check mark on the application. This person looks okay. Give him a look. But under the circumstances that we looked at this individual as unacceptable to work in our store, we were supposed to put the magical number 110 on top of the application in the right corner. Real small, 110. 110. One, now, for me, I was no idea what he was doing because this was never anything I'd ever heard of until that very moment he told us that. And then he was explaining to why to put the 110. He asked me specifically, do you know why we put that 110, why I told you to put 110 on there? For any of you who have never heard of this, which you might not have, especially since the paper application is a thing of the past, what happens is when you write 110 down, you know, the 1, the 1, and the 0, and then you take your pen and you put it on the very top of the first one, in the one in the hundred spots, right? And then you make a diagonal line down to the bottom of the one that sits in the tens place. And what happens is that diagonal line creates a letter. And not just any letter, it creates an N. So you take the N and the O and you've got no. So if we didn't think this person was any good, we put the 110 on there and the manager would say, no, I'm not going to call this person back for an interview. I found that very interesting. Of course, like I said earlier, that's something that we probably wouldn't be able to get away with today, but it's interesting that it popped up in my mind when I realized that I was doing episode 110 and I thought that, Hey, that's an interesting story. What do you think about that one? I think it's pretty much something that would not go over well today. And again, you don't even really have to worry about it because pretty much every application that there is, is online anyway, so that this tactic won't really work. Finally, a little bit lighter story than the other one, and not quite as inspirational as the last one. It's almost a peek behind the curtain. Turns out that I do a lot of my notes, which are very, very limited. I maybe take half a sheet of paper and I might write 10 to 15 words about a certain part of a show. For example, this show that I'm doing right now, the story show, when it came to the uh, 110 story, I put on my piece of paper just simply 110 put on top of job app. And then I went from there. That's all I wrote. Typically, all my notes are very similar to that. Very small, very short, very concise. Unless it's something a little bit more detailed, I might write maybe instead of that one small little phrase, I might write two, three sentences. But nothing over the top or elaborate. But nonetheless, 
without those notes, sometimes when it's a show like the story show or the, um, I don't know, a lot of other shows that I've done, I need that little bit of a reminder that, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. And then I just need that little spark in order to get me to continue to roll with my ad lib as I do and just run with the story or whatever the situation or issue is that I'm speaking about. So I always like to have my notes written down in that paper form in my book that I specifically use for this show. Now, when I was writing the show 112 and 110 that I do right now, I did something that was probably not the best thing in the world because I use a, a, a loose leaf notebook that has perforated edges on the inside so that if you wanted to tear out the page, it would come out clean. So I made the huge mistake of not closing my notebook for probably two, three months, and I wouldn't have any problem because I would just slip my notebook in my bag with it open and pull it back out. It wasn't a problem until it was. Turns out that I was getting ready to do this show, and actually, I did this in a weird reverse order. I actually did, um, no, no, it was this show, yeah, and the 110 show episode 110 and this show, which is going to be episode 112, they were on a back-to-back -back page, and just so happens that from pushing in out my book from the, uh, from the bag that I carry all my show stuff in, my pens and paper with, without me really even paying any attention, I just lost the page and didn't know what was going on with it. Couldn't find it. I didn't realize it until sitting in the living room, and the kids and I were looking for the remote to the uh, subwoofer of the TV, and I thought maybe it fell in my bag. So I pulled out my notebook and couldn't find sto uh, show notes for story 12, uh, 120, rather, for story 25, which was episode 110, and... I couldn't believe it because I was like, what happened? The notes are gone, just gone. Couldn't find them. And I was losing my mind. It's like, where's the just talking page? Because I just put just talking and it popped in my mind. So I had to write down on there to write this in that other episode to make sure that I wouldn't forget it. And I realized that I couldn't find that either because it was on the same page. In the process of scurrying the entire living room, looking for the um, looking for the uh, the remote control for the subwoofer, that's when I discovered that the notes were gone, and I'd started digging through my bag furiously, and I was getting really concerned because I couldn't find them, and I was like, "Okay, this is going to slow me down. I'm really recording ahead." of schedule pretty well and if I can't find this notes these could put me this could put me behind schedule fortunately enough it dawned on me after a few minutes of of just almost horror panic to look a little deeper in my bag and wouldn't you know 
from pulling the page, from pulling the book in and out of my bag, I would hit that perforated edge on the book, which was on the page for this show's notes and the other show. And over the couple of weeks that I was pulling it in and out, without me thinking about it, I ripped the page completely out of the book. And it was scrunched up in the bottom of my bag. And when I found it, I was I was just... <laughs> the feeling of having a 10,000 pound weight lifted off of your chest, that's pretty much what I felt. <laughs> but that's enough for stories today. That was number 25... Story number 25, yeah, and I'm all finished with it. I hope you enjoyed the fact that, well, I lost my notes for this show, <laughs> and I found them in a really stupid place. I hope you enjoyed the fact that, hey, I discovered that there is some people out there who are kind of nice, you know, the ones that make you actually want to want to give back a little bit. And that app story just really makes me wonder about how many times I might not have gotten a job when I applied for it. Who knows? But the only thing I can tell you is what I do know. And that is that the main event is over. Ding, ding, ding. Well, it's time for the Spear of the Week. And without a question, the Spear this week goes to... What could be a very nice person. I don't know if she is or not, and I don't really care. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I really don't, because I pretty much got an opportunity to find out just how nice of a person she was, because in her conversation that she was having at the register on her phone, which was directly up to her ear, and she was talking very loudly... I could pretty much tell what kind of person she was. Because she was letting everybody know. Not just the person who was on the phone with her. She was letting everybody in the entire store know. <sighs> Why do you gotta do that? Aren't you better than that? I would have thought that most people are, but apparently they're really not. And to me, at the very least you could acknowledge another human being who is doing you a service which is checking out your groceries so that you can more easily and more efficiently get out of other people's way <sighs> lady with a cell phone up to her ear yelling and screaming in the middle of the store while she's at the register that's the spear of the week well another one down Chapter 25 in the book that I call Life <laughs> has certainly been, well, I would think it was entertaining to me because I didn't have to laugh about the fact that I lost my notes, even though it was funny to me after I found them. <laughs> the 110 thing, like I said earlier, it was a little bit to the point where it's like, you know, I wonder how many jobs I didn't get because of something like that. Who knows? And that really nice guy, I thanked him. And I'll thank you again, sir, whoever you are, if somehow, some way, you're actually listening to this show. My greatest gratitude to you. But to everybody else out there, and him, of course, if you'd like to, join me, or should I say join us, on our Facebook group, the Lip Facebook group, 
please, there's always room for one more, and that's the way that we go about it. How much room do we have? We have room for one more person, and it's always going to be that way. So no matter how many people there are, there's room for one more. Check me out on Twitter, at PissedPhil, uh, two L's. I'm also at Instagram, throwing up all kinds of stuff, and Facebook Reels, I'm doing a lot of them now. <laughs> a lot of them. You can check out the Instagram page, which is, you can find me, is Philip Henderson 5102 Um some more good stuff that I like to be doing, which is on the YouTube channel, which is Philip the Lip. I'm out there on Facebook, on YouTube with that. Um, yeah, check that out because it turns out that the last couple of times I've been talking to a very interestingly strange individual known as Cuppy, but well, let's not describe him too much. Check him out on Facebook Reels if you can find him. Other times you might be able to find him again on YouTube Shorts. If you go to my channel, you'll be able to probably find Cuppy somewhere along the way. Whew. Okay. Words of Wisdom would certainly go to that wonderful lady at the register who was talking on her phone so loudly that everybody knows what color her toothpaste is. Um, the words for you, lady, would be, you're as needed to me as a barber is to a bald man. Yep, you're as needed to me as a barber is to a bald man. And as a bald man, I can certainly tell you that I don't need a barber. Well, I can also say I don't need to say anything more about this episode. I'm going to call it quits. Once again, my name is Phil, and you have listened to The Lip.